Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, and I brought Darcy with me. So uh, I told you guys last week, we said that last week we would be doing an episode. So last week's episode was on how do I become more trustworthy as a partner, and this week it's how do I trust my spouse after pornography use. So hey, Darcy, how you doing? I'm good. Good to see you. I think this is a really good topic because last week... The, the essentially was like, you know, I guess we got you with the title, which was how do I get my wife to trust me? But the truth is you don't, you become more trustworthy. This is something that in a lot of the literature and a lot of the, the groups out there, the, the idea that if you're betrayed, you, your partner has to make you safe. And we see this slightly differently. We see this as a two way street. And that's not to say that if someone makes a breach within the relationship, they're viewing pornography or they're um, maybe having an affair or whatever that is, that they're not 100% responsible for their actions and that has impact on you, right? That is important to recognize. But it's also the meaning frame that we bring to our relationships has many times been, you make me happy and I make you happy, And I think one of the things that we're going to talk about today is in the framework of how do I trust my spouse after pornography use is really that it's, there's a lot more that you have control over in your own happiness. And we're going to see that in some of the work that we talk about. The first one that we want to talk about tonight is creating realistic expectations. So Darce, when you think about the journey that we've made, how does this fit into that? I think for a lot of us, in our ideal world, it's that, you know, we find out our husbands look at pornography or, you know, that he looked at pornography again, and we want our husbands to commit to to stopping that behavior, right? We want the behavior to stop. And for a lot of us, it's like, no, I want this to stop now, or I really want this to stop last year, right? (laughs) Right. I want this to stop before it happened. Yes. Part of being able to trust and have open communication is really setting realistic expectations around pornography. Some of the things that come to mind for me is instead of looking at my partner and, you know, what I expect him to do, it's to take a step back and look at myself and think, okay, if there's, what is it that I use to deal with my emotions? It could be shopping. It could be eating. It could be just social media, any number of things. And, and, and look and say, okay, how likely is it for me to stop whatever it is that I use to cope with the difficulties of life? Now imagine 
if your partner comes to you and says, hey, the way you've been handling your emotions, it needs to stop. Like, it needs to stop now. Think about what that would be like for you. And I think oftentimes that's kind of what we do with our spouses around the struggle of pornography. And so realizing, okay, if I myself would not be able to just stop whatever it is that I'm doing just because my partner wants me to, or heck, even if I want to stop it, then how realistic is it for me to expect perfection around pornography? Immediate perfection. Yes. Which we wouldn't be able to do. And I think it's, you know, oftentimes we want the right answer. We want our partner to be like, yeah, I'll never do it again. Done. I always think, you know, when we have really strict expectations and really strict rules, oftentimes I think it creates a lot of hiding and a lot of dishonesty. And so if we're setting the expectation so high, which, yeah, of course, we don't want our spouse to look at pornography and we don't think it's a good thing to look at pornography and we don't like looking at pornography, right? Right. But when we have really high expectations around this, then it creates an environment, I think, that oftentimes creates a perfect environment for lying. Yeah, and I think this leads into the next one, which is don't make their behavior about you. And this is really important. Their behavior is going to impact you. There's no question about that. I think it's really important to, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that say, you know, your feelings are your own and no one else gives you feelings. No one else creates feelings. And to a certain extent, I think that's true. But I also think it's important to recognize that in a marriage or in a, you know, a clearly defined relationship, your partner does impact you. They don't create your feelings, but it really, they do impact you. So knowing that, we have the work that we have to do, which is don't make their behavior about you. I think for a lot of us, when we think about pornography, we, we oftentimes look at it as, uh, especially in the church, as like a sexual deviance or, you know, sexually acting out. Or we just, we very much look at it as, and oftentimes we look at things, you know, sexual nature as being next to murder. So it, it makes complete sense that when we think about pornography and we think about our spouse looking at pornography, that automatically it, even if we don't, even if we know it's not about us, we still oftentimes (laughs) under the layers make it mean something about us. How do you get to trust from not making it about me? I think that the trust comes from an honest assessment that their behavior isn't designed to hurt you. You know, so often we deal, you know, we have clients, we have couples that come in and, you know, the wife wants the husband to stop this behavior immediately and, you know, they'll go to any lengths, but it's his problem. It's only his problem and it's not something that she can fix or do anything about. And I think that in part is, you know, a distancing that's occurring, but that behavior is, you know, we f- they feel like, well, it's about me. And I can't tell you how many times I talk to clients and their pornography viewing started when they were 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, high school, even after their mission, before they ever knew their spouse existed. And so 
not not thinking, well, it doesn't matter that he chooses this behavior, but being willing to understand his behavior is is about him trying to deal with something in his life, and I don't like that, and I want to help him. And that's that's going to create a space for you to be able to choose to trust. Not just that you have to trust him or that it's, you know, it's required. It's if I'm, if I'm taking a step back from his behavior and not making it about me, I might be able to trust him to be able to be honest with me or, or more. And I always like to just do the reversal. So if something that I was doing to, that, that I use to cope with my struggles, if every time I went to Zach and was open and, and shared with him what was going on for me around that behavior. And he got really crushed by it and really upset about it. And just like it broke his heart and he couldn't handle it or, you know, I would really, honestly, I would struggle to keep opening up to Zach about that. And, you know, I, and I think that's natural and it's normal and it's part of being human. And, and when I'm saying all this, it's not saying like, oh, you need to be a robot and you need to not respond, but being able to look at that and just go, okay, like I could see why we might've created the dynamic of dishonesty around pornography use in our marriage. Yeah. And I think that leads really well into the next thing, which is being willing to be wrong. And the first part of that is reevaluating your understanding of pornography. So many partnerships come to 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 a, an understanding of pornography that it's painful and it hurts and maybe it's adultery and all kinds of things. And if we just take a step back from that and we take a moment to reevaluate that, that is going to give you you know what what's a valuable meaning frame to put around pornography so that you can move past it rather than be stuck by it. I know for me, when I started thinking about pornography differently, when I stopped making it, you know, mean what I made early on in our marriage and I, and I looked at it more from a behavioralistic standpoint, I was able to then look at myself and, and think, okay, in what ways have I not been kind in our relationship? In what ways have I created an environment that created dishonesty and somebody might be listening to this and going like no that's you know maybe. it's not your fault yeah like and I'm not and I I totally get it like I I know that his dishonesty and his lying around pornography and his pornography use like I know that that wasn't about me but when I'm only focusing on my spouse I don't have any control so I always like to think, look at my side of it because that's what I do have control over. And me growing and being the best version of myself is me showing up as the person I want to be. And so me being unkind around this and it wasn't being who I wanted to be. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting that you have, you know, apologized on occasion about the way that you treated me when we were early on in our struggle, which, you know, lots of people out there listening are probably like, well, why would she apologize to you? You're the one with the problem. But I don't think it's really so much that. That, I think that's a, a very 
you know, you've got a beam in your eye and you've got to fix that beam and I'm not even going to bother looking at what's in my eye kind of way of looking at things. What we're talking about is if you want to trust your partner, uh, being willing to see where you have not been trustworthy, I think is a very valuable tool in helping both of you recognize that you would like a different version and allowing them to be more honest, not because they should lie to you if you're not trustworthy or not capable of seeing what is going on on your side of the street, but because you probably want to be a better version of you. And that's for you. That's not for your partner. And and if you want a better relationship, you, uh, who is it? Jennifer Fenley said five talks about this. It's a unilateral move to become more trusting. You get to choose how you become, you know, how you create your relationship and your partner doesn't have to come along, but they probably will if you lead out. And, and it's really important to be capable of evaluating where you were and how you've behaved. And I, I've appreciated you leading out in that in our relationship, which has been, I think, very impactful. If we go back to the idea of, okay, how can I create an environment where I can trust my spouse? I think it starts with the willingness to see your partner as a human <laughs> and not a robot, right? Yeah. And be willing to, to create realistic expectations as a partnership around pornography, around what honesty looks like, around you know expectations of what it is that we do talk about when it comes to pornography. Uh, I, you know, there's some wives that just want to know nothing about it. And, and I think that's a, honestly a really dishonest position because it's basically saying, I don't want to know anything about you because one, if I know about it, then I'm going to have to deal with it. And I would rather just not deal with it because what I don't know can't hurt type thing. Yeah. And, and so being willing to hear the truth about your partner and be willing to say, okay, I get it. Like, you're not going to be perfect around this. And I don't expect you to be perfect. But what I would expect is that you just be honest with me about where you are at in your journey and what's going on for you. And I'm going to do the best on my side to deal with my emotions and to deal with how it is that I react and respond and, and learn how to deal with my side. Yeah. of what's going on for, for me when I do hear you tell the truth. Because sometimes hearing the truth is sucky and it's hard and it's not fun. But the more times we can hear the truth and deal with it on our side, the better at it we're going to get. And I think it creates an environment where the truth can come out and be addressed. And that's the last one that we had was, you know, be, become willing to hear the truth of where your spouse is in their journey. It's interesting. We had a, and I, I think we've mentioned this on the podcast. We had a, a, a client who brought his wife to, so we do group coaching at the beginning of the year. I only do one group coaching at the beginning of each year. It's kind of like the New Year's resolution group coaching. It gets you in. It gets you a space to, to get going at a somewhat lower cost than my individual coaching or even 
than the membership. And this partner came to one of our group coaching and, and she, or our, yeah, the group coaching calls that we have for the wives. So we do a wife's call within that group coaching. And she was, one of the things that she said was that after talking to us and after seeing the work that her partner had been doing, all she had wanted in the beginning was for him to just tell her the truth. And after all that work and all the stuff that he was doing, because he had started telling her the truth and he was working through that with her, she found that it was harder for her because as she was hearing the truth, it wasn't the magical thing that had solved everything for her. Yeah, because well, oftentimes we think, okay, if my partner was just honest with me, then that would be better. If yeah. if your spouse does hide this behavior. Uh, but the truth is, is that sometimes the honest truth hurts. And it makes it so that then we have to deal with what's going on for us around your spouse's pornography struggle. Yeah. And so as you know, as you go through this, you're probably listening to this and you're going, well, how does me looking at me, you know, and becoming more capable of hearing the truth and becoming willing to be wrong and uh, not making their behavior about me and creating realistic expectations, make it so that I can trust my spouse more. And here's, here's the same news that we told the, <laughs> we, we told people who are using pornography last week. It's not, how can I make them trust me? It's how can I become more trustworthy? And you becoming more trustworthy sets up a framework where openness and honesty are not simply the expectation, but they're more likely. The, and, you know, for some of you, this is going to be a hard road because you've created a reality, and for wives, it's, I think, the exact same reality for as it is for the spouses. You're about the same level. Now, your issue may not be as bad as his, and I'm certainly not telling you that you're, the way that he is treating you is your fault. I want to be really clear about this. This is not your fault. His behavior is not your fault. Your behavior is not his fault, Right? It's a two-way street, and becoming more trustworthy sets up a meaning frame, a reality where your partner is, as they are becoming aware of uh, your capacity to hear their open, honest reality, they're going to become more willing to share that open, honest reality with you. And you becoming more capable of confronting the reality of what your partner's actually doing without having to, you know, enfold into the anxiety of that reality will help you become willing to say, I see that my partner is doing their best and I can trust that. Even if I can't trust that they won't look at pornography, I can trust my partner to be someone who will share with me their reality, share the the difficulties in their lives and openly discuss that with me so that we can come to a resolution together. I think this probably sounds like something you don't, like most people don't want to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well, this is hard work. It really is. It really is hard work because 
honestly, in the beginning, when I was just angry and it was all Zach's problem and it was his problem that he needed to fix and that, you know, I kind of took the one up high road position. That's a really easy position to be in compared to the flip side of having to look at yourself and figure out, okay, you know, what is going on for me around this? And looking at my own behavior and seeing how I also play a part in this. And again, it's not my fault, never, right? Like he looked at porn when he was eight. I was nowhere there, you know, and in high school and all of the years before me. So it's, it's not about me, but we are married and we are a partnership and what he does impacts him and it impacts me and what I do impacts me and impacts him. And so when it comes to pornography, I think both partners have a lot of work to do, have a lot of honestly growing up to do around some really hard, hard things. Yeah. And, it, and, and it comes down to really looking at your belief system around pornography, looking about what it is that you make por- pornography mean in your relationship and what even what it looks like to be honest and what it looks like for your, your spouse to be trustworthy. Because if you're looking at your spouse to be trustworthy in the sense that he will be trustworthy when he never looks at pornography again. I'm not convinced that's the right meaning frame. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you, because, you know, you talked about being in the one-up position being an easy position to be in. But that was also hard work. Because not that you not that it was hard work per se, but it was hard. It was difficult because there was so little control. You're in this, like, I'm the righteous one here position, and so you feel justified. But didn't you also feel out of control and incapable of solving this problem and all of the, you know, the difficult misery that comes with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, when I was in that position, yeah, I was completely out of control. I didn't have any control. And the more control that I didn't have, the more control I tried to get. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And And how did that work out? Oh, it didn't, right? It was really miserable. Yeah. And so instead of that hard work, which is kind of the hard work of, you know, for lack of a better term, the suck. There's the hard work of progress. There's the hard work of looking at ourselves, learning to self-validate, learning to confront our own behaviors, learning to confront the meaning frames that we bring to our relationships that aren't helping us succeed and moving through those in an honest and open way through dialogue, through, uh, through self-reflection, sometimes through crying, sometimes through shouting, sometimes, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but it also is the hard work of maintaining our sense of self and becoming the person that we want to be in our relationship so our partner can see us as that person, not that we have to trick them anymore. We also have to realize that Trust does take time. It's not an overnight thing. And that when you've been dealing with 
your spouse's unwanted pornography in your marriage, that it does take time to rebuild that trust. But looking at it from a different lens of what does rebuilding trust look like? And that goes back to, does rebuilding trust mean he never looks at pornography again? Or he never, you know, looks at some other woman? Then it's probably going to be a really hard road to trust. But if you can look at it from a different lens, which goes back to all of the things that we talked about in the beginning of this episode. I know for me, a lot of years, I did not trust Zach. And I can say now... I trust him. I trust that he will be honest with me and tell me the truth, even if it's something that I don't want to hear. And I, I still don't like telling you the truth when I know that you're not going to want to hear it, but I would rather tell you what's happening. One for me, really, really for me, because I want to be the person that I, that I can trust. And two, I know you can handle it. I know you're not going to, you know, lose it on me. And that's, you know, that's a big deal to me because I, I still have a fragile ego and I, I still want you to see me as your knight in shining armor. But I don't think that that's, I don't, I'm not convinced that's entirely healthy, but I, I recognize that you are more capable than I ever gave you credit for. Thanks, Darcy, for talking about this. Uh, I really appreciate it. I hope that uh, those of you who have wives or uh, spouses who are hearing this and saying, well, how do I trust? This has been helpful for them. We love you guys. We're so grateful to be able to do this. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash workwithme, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self-mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and... If you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.